0: Well, good evening. I'm glad everybody made it back tonight. We've got a really uh, wonderful, interesting, power packed evening tonight. Okay? Great things. And boy, what better way to cap it off than a little dessert auction, huh? Tonight. That's going to be fun. Oh, boy. Um, glad you're here. And we're going to go get right into our study here as soon as we have our offering. And we're going to look at uh, some of the things that make us uh, as Baptists uh, distinctive in comparison to uh, what happens in some of the other d- denominations in uh, our, our culture and uh, in our faith. So anyway, let's uh, uh, go to our Heavenly Father and we'll ask the ushers to come and uh, receive our offering and then we'll get started. Okay, Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless you tonight for calling us together. It is our joy, Father, to be here in this place. And Father, to seek to understand the things of the kingdom and, and the diversity of your kingdom. Lord, how we as the people of God, who are called by one God, by one spirit, and saved by one cross, can be so diverse in thought, oftentimes, and in, in, in the ways in which we minister. But Father, as long as Jesus Christ remains at the center of our, uh, our faith and our practice. We know that uh, we find pleasure in you. So tonight, as we look at these things, we ask your blessing upon us. We're going to, Lord, going to uh, receive the offering for those folks that have uh, provided for that tonight and ask that you would bless us, these gifts, these offerings, and Father, use them. Glorify yourself with the things that we offer to you They seem so meager, Father, in comparison to what you've done. But, Lord, we desire that we glorify you, that you glorify yourself through us in the things that we do and what we give to you. So bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you, Miss Judy. Well, uh, we are going to go ahead and uh, get right into some things. Hopefully, you got a copy. If you don't, we have uh, a few more uh, here that uh, talks about the denomination comparisons. And um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because uh, part of the reason we want to give you these pamphlets is for you to be able to go home and and take a look at uh, what these uh, believe, these denominations We've been studying a lot of um, cults, other religions, uh, Mormonism, Islam, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, and things. And so in our vocabulary, it's important to understand those are cults and religions is how we would view them. Uh, what we study tonight, we call denominations. Um, you'll see when you kind of spread this whole pamphlet out... Um, At the very top header, you'll either see liturgical churches uh, way up at the very top in the white letters, or you'll see on the other side, non-liturgical churches. And uh, some of you are familiar with the meaning of that. Um, Liturgical churches um, are uh, more scripted, if you will. Um, We are an example of a non-liturgical church or denomination Um, you know, sometimes we can read the scriptures together up on the, uh, screens or things like that, but, uh, you'll find that if you go to a, a Lutheran church or, uh, Presbyterian church, sometimes, uh, it's very scripted. You'll, you'll read, uh, from things that are printed, um, and so you'll read from the liturgy, um, and so that's what that definition means. So you'll see, um, That on the liturgical side, you'll see Catholic Church, uh, Orthodox, Lutheran, Anglican, Presbyterian, Methodist. Uh, Those are the liturgical denominations and churches. Um, You know, some interesting views. You know, uh, many of us um, have Catholic friends. Raise your hand if you have a Catholic friend or somebody you know that's Catholic. Yeah. Um, That is a, a very large part of what we would call Christians around the world. Um, it's a very global uh, denomination. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting that uh, you see at the very top, when, when it was founded and who it was founded by, uh, they considered Peter as the first pope. Uh, but Gregory the Great in 540 AD to 604, he was the key figure in the pope's office and um, getting that uh, advanced. And uh, at that time, the Pope came to be viewed as ruling over the whole church. Um, so we see that after Peter, um, the Pope's office uh, came to be. Um, of course, you may know that with the uh, Lord's Supper, what we would call as the Lord's Supper, the body and the bread um, for a, a Catholic, uh, you can kind of see that down at the bottom where it says, what about the sacraments? Um, it's... it's the blood, the the bread and the wine are changed into Jesus' body and blood, and they call it transubstantiation. Um, so it's almost like you're eating the body and blood of, of Jesus. Um, that's their, the the view that they have. It would probably go back to Scripture in John chapter six, where he said, "Unless you you know eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, um, then you would have no part." You know, and so that's that's probably the scripture there that they would go off of. Um, of course, we view that as a symbolic, um, you know, of what Jesus told us to do in remembering him. Um, some other, uh, other things. Um, it, infant baptism is a big thing that you might see on here um, uh, across a lot of these de- denominational lines. Well, which one's right, Tim? Is it, is it okay to baptize an infant or, or you know, should it be by immersion? Well, you know, as the Baptist faith and message and we as Baptists believe, uh, we believe that somebody becomes a believer in Jesus um, and then they are baptized, um, symbolizing what Jesus has done for you, bringing you to life. Uh, in a raised to walk in a new way, uh, we see that in Acts uh, where Philip baptized uh, the Ethiopian eunuch there he, he became a believer and he said, "Well, is there any reason i shouldn 't be baptized now and philip said no let 's do that right now and so we see scriptural evidence for um, baptism some some uh, of these denominations, even uh, if you look on the uh, liturgical, non-liturgical side, I'm sorry, the non-liturgical, you'll see uh, Church of Christ. Um, some of these denominations will believe that you have to be baptized in order to be saved. And uh, so there's a simple scripture that seems to me that would thwart that, and um, you know, you may know how how to come back at it, but, um, the, you know, the thief on the cross, you know, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Well, he didn't have time to get off the cross and be baptized and then, you know, uh, die. And and so, um, you, you know, Church of Christ may have an, a response to that, but that seems to me that you wouldn't then need that so, uh, baptism for salvation. Um, and so, you know, study these, learn these to see what it is, of why you believe what you believe in, in, in attending and being a member of Kempsville Baptist Church um, and, uh, and, and, and understand the role of works uh, in, in these. You'll, you'll notice that there's still a lot of teetering on the working of your faith to get salvation. If you just do this, if you just do that, you know, then it's leading up to salvation. So you have to be careful that, uh, again, that goes back to early on in some of our sessions. It negates the greatest work that was ever done, and that's Jesus dying on the cross. Um, and it being a grace gift to you. And then we live our lives in response to such a great gift, to what that is for us, um, and honor him. So... um, Anyway, again, I don't want to spend a lot of time. I'll let you guys read um, what you know. The, the beauty of this, I love the. Uh, there's a map on there. It says the family tree of denominations. Um, the the Catholic Church would would probably be a little bit upset at the fact that there is all these denominations because they they go back to there. The church should be one. Um, and what happened was uh, Martin Luther. Uh, when he was able to read and study God's word, saw that the Catholic church at that time was not doing what it was supposed to be doing. They were selling indulgences, uh, which that meant um, if you paid money, that money could help get one of your relatives or a loved one that was in purgatory, get them out of purgatory and on into heaven. And, and so there was things that were happening there that the, the church was teaching, and Martin Luther realized it. And, and so uh, the anniversary was October 31st, um, way back when, I can't remember the year, but in the 1500s where he, he nailed that 95 theses is what it was called, 95 things against what the church was doing. And out of that, there's called the Reformation, and it was the reforming of the church of what it was supposed to be doing. Um, The right way. And so because of that, you would have, you know, Lutheran, um, you know, uh, John Calvin. Um, You would have these these early um, men that uh, had had these beliefs on how they should do things. Um, And so then you have these denominations that started to form and you can kind of see that on the map. Um, of, of how these things got started. Um, and so you, you've heard of Calvinism, Arminianism, um, you know, how people, are you a five-point Calvinism? If you're not familiar with that, you can look that up later. Um, you know, but there's, there's these five points. Um, a, a, a tulip. Tulip. You know, and this t u l i p and you know and it it has a reference to each topic well, where do you stand on this you know and so somebody comes across well i 'm a five point calvinism or, or a five point Calvinist, you know and they believe a certain way, and you can read all that and it's it's out there online um and and stuff we've we've studied at seminary and things so um anyway, we won 't get into that, but uh it does formulate how you study uh god's word, you know um. It is, um, well, I'm about to get into some of the TULIP stuff, so I, we, we won't go there. But um, anyway, so lots of denominations that are out there, but I think it's critical for us to know why what we believe um, and, and how we believe it. So I'll turn it over to Ken for the Baptist faith message.
0: As you can see that uh, over the course of history, there have been um, a lot of different religious views uh, that have arisen. And which is basically what uh, brought about our denominationalism. Uh, many different uh, uh, churches because uh, of, of their beliefs, the way they interpreted scripture and so forth. So, um, uh, our Southern Baptist Convention was um, uh, organized back in 1845. All right? And it was, uh, it had no formal confession of faith at the time. Uh, but E.Y. Mullins, Who was an internationally known theologian at the time he led our denomination to adopt uh, these this Baptist faith and message of 1925 that was the original one Um, now it was based upon the New Hampshire confession of faith which had been uh, uh, formulated in 1833 and what they did was to take that confession of faith and revise it at certain points and add some other articles and so forth that addressed uh, some current issues at the time. Which is basically what the Baptist faith and message uh, uh, is supposed to do. It summarizes a, a key Southern Baptist thought in the areas of the Bible and its authority and uh, the nature of God as expressed by the Trinity and the spiritual condition of man and... God's place uh, uh his plan of uh, grace and salvation uh the purpose of the local church uh it's uh, ordinances and evangelism christian education and interaction the way it interacts with society uh it's a uh, religious liberty very important and of course the family um and currently there are about 18 18 articles okay in our baptist faith and message when the uh original one was formulated back in 1925, it had almost 30 articles. Uh, very brief, very concise, uh, but it was, um, uh, when they took this New Hampshire Confession of Faith, they um, they did this, what uh, came, uh, arose, um, the, the reason they did this was in answer to this prevalence of naturalism. It was a real issue in those times, uh, in the modern teaching and and preaching in the churches of that day, and so um, this uh, and then they in 1963 they took this 1925 Baptist Faith and Message and and revised it. Uh, they amended it again in 1998, and then again in 2000. Uh, now in 1963, the first updated. Uh, uh, was under the chairmanship of um, Herschel Hobbes. I know how many of you all heard know about Herschel Hobbes? All right. You've read, I'm sure, many of his commentaries. Uh, And he was a well-known theologian, pastor. And um, in uh, the year 2000, uh, the Baptist Faith and Message was revised once again under the chairmanship uh, of uh, uh, Adrian Rogers, a well-known pastor and author at that time. Well, the major revisions of the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message incorporated uh, not just theological uh, concerns, uh, but also uh, and changes, but also some sociological changes. Because, as you know, it was during that time between 63 and the year 2000 that our culture began to change drastically, and uh, we uh, found ourselves in a position of having to answer. These uh, issues that were arising, uh, to for one thing, uh, to eliminate confusion among the churches about exactly what Baptist stood for, but also as a witness, as a testimony to others uh, in our uh, country, in our in our world, as to who Baptists are. All right. So, um, as I said, it, it includes eighteen topics, which are. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me, basically our <coughs> position statements, uh, of the Southern Baptist Convention. And each article or position is followed by, uh, scripture which, uh, we use to, uh, support our position. And I assume everybody has gotten a copy of one. Anybody that did not get a copy of this, uh, little booklet here, uh, Cecil back there in the back. Okay. Uh, and okay, Marie and, and uh, Matt, they need one as well. I'm gonna give them this one here. Uh, we have some more. There's one on the seat right there. Um, take uh, take your uh, some time later on and uh, review uh, this. Uh, it's very uh, it's brief, just a small pamphlet, uh, but as I say, the 18 topics in there um, are supported by scripture and a brief commentary on each one. Now, when the 2000 revision came out, was approved. It faced a lot of criticism uh, because of the changes uh, and um, some of these changes were um, pretty well received. Uh, There were a lot of affirmations by uh, Baptist theologians and uh, some of those uh, had to do with uh, the fact that uh, there was a controversy over the use of the term inerrancy. Uh, You may have remembered that. We Baptists like to stand, uh, especially the more conservative ones, like to stand on this, the issue of inerrancy of the Scripture. But we agreed for the sake of unity that we could uh, leave that term out. Because in the very first article it states the fact that the Scripture is inspired of God and is without any mixture of error okay and so therefore uh in uh, the 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 context really uh indicates that it is uh inherent uh but uh that term seemed to be a red flag for for so many folks um, at any rate uh they eliminated some of the um, uh restrictive views on uh, uh es- eschatology such as dispensationalism and uh they also um, uh, included, uh, statements concerning soul competency and the priesthood of the believer, uh, and uh, reaffirmed many of the, uh, um, historical Baptist, most historical Baptist convictions. Uh, there were, uh, some editorial changes also, uh, s- such as the use of gender inclusive language in some areas, okay that were considered improvements in the uh the form of the statement so uh nothing that had anything to do with the proper interpretation of scripture all right so the criticisms of the 2000 uh baptist faith and message um had to do with um the the statement the, the fact that uh, uh baptists are are, are said to uh, have the liberty to interpret Scripture uh, with the um, illumination of the Holy Spirit according to each one's own conscience. Um, this made a lot a little uneasy, okay? But the, the key being there under the influence and, and uh, of the Holy Spirit. Now, and of course, one tenet that we all agree... ...that we must do is that every interpretation of Scripture must be supported by Scripture. All right. So that's uh, extremely important. Not only that, but in both the 98 and the 2000 revisions... Um, ...there were some very controversial uh, things that uh, were included... That um, ...basically in three respects. One was uh, male priority in marriage and in ministry... All right. The, uh, uh, the, then there was the uh, exegetical standard uh, that was uh, established in that and also the issue of homosexuality. With respect to the gender based roles uh, in uh, for the first time in the convention's history, uh, there were provisions that were added to define male headship. OK, uh, gender roles in both ministry and in marriage. Uh, with respect to ministry, the Baptist faith and message now explicitly defines the pastoral office as the exclusive domain of men. So therefore prohibiting uh, female pastors. Uh, article 6 of the Baptist faith and message states that while both men, men and uh, women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men uh, as uh, qualified uh, by the scriptures. Now, it, it, it's not stated in the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message, uh, but some churches also apply this interpretation to uh, the office of deacon uh, because it's considered a pastoral office in the church. And uh, they will not ordain women or allow them to serve as deacons. Uh, then with respect to, that's it with ministry there, with respect to marriage, the husband and wife were equal worth before God. Uh, we all agree with that, understand that, because both are created in the image of God. Uh, but God has assigned in his creation roles for each, uh, neither one being um, uh, um, inferior to the other. Both are equally important, but God has assigned the role the husband is to uh, uh, love his wife as Christ loved the church. Uh, he has the God-given responsibility to provide for to protect, to lead his family. But the and the wife then is also supposed to graciously uh, submit herself uh, to the uh, in servant leadership to her husband, even as the church willingly submits to the headship of Christ. And so, she, of course, being made in the image of God, all right, uh, as her husband is, and so therefore equal to him, has the God-given responsibility. To respect her husband and to serve as his helper in managing the household and nurturing, you know, the next generation. The next uh, item of uh, that was um, uh, of controversy was the exegetical standard. Um, the uh, 2000 revision of the uh, Baptist Faith and Message removed the assertion that Jesus Christ was to be the exegetical standard by which the Bible was to be interpreted. Uh, over, and um, this was. Uh, uh, even though there had been some concern expressed uh that uh, they were, uh well, I, I, I should say, what had happened was because of the previous statement, uh, there were uh, many folks that were concerned that the words of Jesus Christ in the scripture were being elevated above other words or passages in scripture. And so, uh, if you read the statement on the scripture, you'll find that it says there in quotes from uh, Timothy, all scripture, OK, is inspired of God. All scripture bears equal weight. OK, there is none that is more important than the other. And so uh, th- th- this is the traditional view. Uh, and uh, it was. Um, uh uh, still created because it was uh, included in there uh but created some controversy with some states like Texas and so forth and they split over that issue there's been some controversy in our convention as you know and remember article 1 of the scripture you know tells us that the bible was written by men divinely inspired and is God's revelation of himself to man. So it being the perfect treasure of divine instruction it has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. And so therefore all scripture is equally true and trustworthy. Finally, there was the issue of homosexuality. Uh, the 2000 Baptist Faith Message, uh, took a stand on this issue and it was originally added as an amendment uh, back in 1998 and um, article 18 of uh, the Baptist Faith and Message on the Family said tells us that you know, marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman and covenant commitment for a lifetime. And so it's God's unique gift to reveal the union between Christ and His church and to provide for the man and woman in marriage the framework for intimate companionship the channel of sexual expression according to biblical standards, and the means for procreation of the human race. So uh, this is the way that the Baptist faith and message has evolved, has come into being uh, in response to critical issues of the time. Because it's important that uh, our, uh, our faith and our practice be orderly, that we be unified in these things and that we prov- provide a unified witness to the rest of the world. Um, we don't um, worship creeds, we don't uh, uh in fact we uh, avoid them. Uh and every congregation in the Baptist uh Southern Baptist Convention is autonomous, okay. It is not uh um mandatory that every congregation adopt the Baptist faith and message. Some congregations adopt parts of it and so forth. Some congregations uh, uh, establish or write their own confessions of faith. Uh, but um, in spite of that fact, of this, uh, the freedom that the churches have, our um, uh, faculty at the uh, SBC-owned seminaries and our missionaries who serve... Uh, apply to serve through the v- different SBC mission, uh, agencies. They must affirm their practices, their doctrines, and their preaching that they are consistent with the Baptist faith and message. And so, there we have, uh, the rationale, and I think the basis for, uh, our, uh, setting forth a standard of faith and practice in our convention.
1: Thanks, Ken. Um, So, yeah, take these home, um, study up on those, and there will be a test next week. And um, I'm just kidding. Um, But – it's been a fun series that we've been going through seeing why we believe what we believe and and, and no fear, engage other folks. God will give us the words to say um, and, uh, and share what you believe and why you believe it. So uh, I wish we had time to do some questions and answers and things like that, but we're going to get right on into our mission trip report service. If you would turn your attention to the video screens and we'll show a short video.
2: The Appalachian Trail stretches from Maine to Georgia for over 2,000 miles. Following the ridgeline of the Appalachian Mountains, the majority of the trail is pure wilderness. Over 4 million people embark on the journey each year, sometimes taking as long as six months to complete. Every year, over 20,000 hikers flood the quiet little town of Damascus in the Virginia foothills. They're here for Trail Days, a celebration of the trail and the hikers who struggle to conquer it. First Baptist Church Damascus has a ministry that started as a simple cookout, but now is a highlight of the festival. And Linda Austin leads the team of volunteers for their Appalachian Trail Hiker Ministry.
3: The hikers see sincerity. They get loved on here. That's why they hang out at our church, hundreds of them. They, They get loved on, and they know it's real.
2: The ministry has the reputation that hikers call trail magic.
3: Trail magic is when you are out on that trail and somebody does something that you totally, that's totally unexpected. Just an unexpected kindness.
4: Everyone has just gone out of their way to direct us places, to find things for us, to just, you know, we mention a need and somebody's working on it.
3: They expect nothing good from you, so anything you do, they love you for
1: it. It only takes a very little bit. And it means so much to the people who are the object of that kindness, especially when they don't expect it.
2: This ministry takes trail magic to a new level. We heard there was food being cooked for the hungry hikers and there
1: were hot dogs and chili out here with chips and oatmeal cream pies. You know, that by itself was amazing. But then, after that, they did a home-cooked meal inside the church.
3: We do three waves of 100 hikers, um, and there'll be fried chicken, barbecue, high country bowl, bunch of vegetables, salad bar, desserts, bread. They will die for food, okay? They will risk their lives for a fried chicken.
5: This is a wonderful church doing this for us. Yay, thank
6: you. It's like the best
3: thing ever. A few years ago, um, one of the hikers suggested we have an eating contest. First year, we just did hot dogs, and then it turned into hot dogs and sheet cakes. But they can't use utensils or their hands to eat the cake, so it's really nasty, and they love it. It's absolute insanity.
4: I've always wondered why. Why would someone want to hike that trail? And and I still don't know for sure.
3: <laughs> if you've spent time around hikers, um, a lot of them don't look like we do, they don't act like we do. They don't smell anything like we do. We have a shower unit with hot and cold water. We provide nice big fluffy towels, shampoo conditioners for those people who have wild curly hair. I tell them that's more for us than for them, (laughs) so they really love the showers.
1: Just the, the very basic creature comforts, you know, are magnified tenfold when you're out here because you have so little.
3: The Internet Cafe is something that we're doing for the first time this year. And it's something that's very important to them. They stay connected with their family and the outside world where they're from by Internet. Trail days is a time that we can kind of show God's love to the hikers. And obviously we're not practicing the things we normally practice at home. Uh, What we're doing is just taking care of the needs of the hikers as they come in. We have a mobile medical unit from Alabama that comes up. Doctors that come, nurses, um, technicians, and they do blood work for the hikers.
1: Just watching the doctors from the medical team,
7: how they humble themselves and seeing them just wash people's feet. The
1: Lord calls us to be servants and, you know, you can't be any more of a servant than when you wash someone's feet.
3: A lot of hikers worship the creation rather than the creator. They don't know why they're out here. A lot of them don't know why they're on the trail. I have come to understand what the abundant life is. And it's just pouring yourself into somebody else, making a difference.
0: The best teachers in life are the people that lead by example, not the people in front of the church telling you, um, the person that just gets out there and does practice what they preach is the best teacher.
8: I used
3: to be very um, judgmental, and um, I didn't really want to spend a lot of time with or love on people that were different than me. And um, you know, I started asking God to help me see people through His eyes, and He just changed my heart.
7: You've been on the trail? Uh,
4: about a month. Uh,
7: where are you from? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Well, we're glad you came to be with us today while uh, we're here to serve you here in Damascus. Uh, you have any blisters or anything on your foot that I need to be careful no, with? No, not
4: really. I, okay. My feet are pretty good. My okay. feet are
7: pretty good. Do you uh, have any uh, inclination, significance about what we're doing here, washing feet?
4: kind of remember when I was a child, and, okay. but I, I don't know the real mm-hmm. significance.
7: You know about <coughs> the Lord's Supper?
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
7: Well, when the, Jesus carried his disciples in the upper room uh, the Thursday before his crucifixion, he humbled himself and washed the disciples' feet there in that room. In that day, the um, lowest servant you could be would be a foot washer, and if I visited you at your home, there would be a servant there to wash your feet and because it was dusty and dirty. And, and that was the lowest you could get on the servant level. <laughs> and Jesus humbled himself to be that low and told his disciples, I'm here to serve you and I want you to leave when, when I depart and go out and serve the rest of the people just as I serve you. Uh, Jesus uh, eventually was nailed to the cross and crucified on Friday. Uh, he was buried and he rose again and uh, for that, our salvation is assured through the forgiveness of sin on the cross. And he, his ascension gave us eternal life and we accept him as our Lord and Savior. Uh, I don't know whether you ever did that as a child
4: in church or not. I, I don't remember. I okay. I don't remember.
7: Well, it's something I want you to think about. Uh, you, uh, you, you uh, like me, as a sinner, do things wrong. And through the cross, Christ forgives us for that sin. And uh, when we accept him as Savior, when we die, we are assured of eternal life. Do you have a church home in Massachusetts where you live? No, sir, I do not. Well, let me encourage you that when you get back home from the trail, that you take and uh, find you a, a, a christ out of the church who preaches the word, and you uh, get involved and study the word, and you'll see the relationship between you and Christ will develop and the Holy Spirit will fill you if you would allow it to happen. Appreciate you coming by. Is a, over here is the medical team, and they'll give you some more services uh, if you need their attention.
4: And I and appreciate was, everything you guys yeah, do for well, us. Well,
7: we're glad. We love doing it. And thank you for coming. I have a gift here for you. It's a foot, as you can see. And it's uh foot washing, Appalachian Trail. Jesus Loves Me is written on it. And what you'd like for you to do is write your... Trail name on that, and keep that as a souvenir to remind you of Damascus and the foot washing that we uh, gave you while you were here.
4: I thank you, sir. Amen. Thank you thank so you much, much for coming.
7: All right.
1: That's a typical... Conversation, what you'd see in the foot washing crew. I'm going to ask our foot washing crew to come up here. If you were a massager, foot washer, uh, if you did the water, Jeff, come on up um, behind the scenes. Um, all you guys come on up here so you can be seen. Uh, last year when we were there, um, I heard Bobby yell, Tim, can you come over here? And I didn't know what I was walking up to, but Bobby had a conversation with a man who said, Well, I'm a Christian Buddhist. I th- thanks, Bobby. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, but you never know what you're going to run into there with some of these trail hikers, and they've heard it all. I mean, really. And uh, last year, I remember Bobby said he had, that was the, the dirtiest feet he had ever clean. It was this girl who who came up, and she looked like she had, like, beach sandals on or something like that, and uh, just black, black, dirty. Oh, man, and he, he, you should have seen the pan afterwards, but uh, the conversations that come out, I know, has blessed you all. Anybody want to share a little bit?
8: Well, after the man's washing, I don't like a microphone. <laughs> After the man washing feet and sent, sent us to the massage their feet. this is a good time we can share because I got them fit they can 't go anywhere <laughs> so I asked them did you, did you understand what they meant to tell you when he 's washing your feet?" Some of them said, "Yeah, you know I went to church, and I am you know this things so then I shared more deeply too again, so they can understand so. What we do I'll, I'll let a begin to talk to. Her. That's the best time we can share our the faith. Plant is seeing them. Some of us never heard the God's word. Like you say is a Buddhist Christian, you know. What is that? <laughs> so we we had a we had a wonderful time and mainly I wanna thank you for everybody. Support us. Amen. Let's the, be Yes, well, uh, We, we appreciate it. Your sport, the cookies, our homemade cookies, many of them. Crochet team, I don't know if they're here or not. So appreciate it. Yes. So every little things. when God is in it, work out everything well. So a little bit has helped a lot to us as we travel the miles, miles away. Thank you again.
6: The one person or one thing I remembered the most that was important was um, how gracious everybody was to us. They appreciated everything. Um, we couldn't tell them enough things, or or talk to them enough, or just listening to them. They they really enjoyed us being there. We really liked that.
7: I, w- I will share with you that we've been doing this 10 years. We've washed a lot of feet in 10 years and ministered to a lot of hikers. We've never had a hiker that got frustrated or came back into disgust or uh, irritated by what we shared with them. They all just appreciated it and thanked us over and over again for the love we were sharing with them and the difference it would make in their lives for 10 years. Never had one hiker to come back frustrated.
1: Thank you, guys. Um, Eric was sharing. I think I mentioned that to you guys sometime before. But over in Europe, the video actually of us foot, foot washing made it over to Europe. And there were some Europeans that came and hiked the trail. And uh, I think – Told Eric, said, we didn't believe it. We thought, no, surely somebody wouldn't wash these uh, gross feet and things like that. And, um, and they sat in Eric's chair and said, I, I want my feet washed like that. And uh, and he did. So what a great time. Um, Virginia, you want to come up and tell us about our, our porch ministry? Come on up. Well, first
6: of all, this started 10 years ago for us to go and help serve a dinner on Thursday night In the dirtiest, smallest, crummiest little kitchen and area I've ever seen. And we served over 300 people that night. And we thought, what have we gotten ourselves into? The next year... We had a list, which we do every year when we get on the bus. We make a list of things that need to be improved or we can do differently. And the one thing was, we're not going down in that kitchen again. We're going to cook outside. So for about seven years, we did hamburgers, hot dogs outside. I cooked 50 pounds of chili every year. My only problem was when they gave them the Frito Lays, they didn't put the chili on their hot dogs. They ate cups of it. But I even got three proposals. But in the time being, we saw other needs. Some of them, when we went down to the park, there were crocheted hats and knitted hats, 10 and $15 a piece. And we came back and we said to our Crafts for Mission ladies, will you crochet us hats? Well, we have given out over 7,000 hats. We have had people tell us about it. And let me read. We always have a book on the porch. And this says, you people are part of the greatness I see and experience in my time along the trail in this linear community. The love, kindness is so prevalent here. It renews my faith in humanity, making tomorrow a brighter day. Thank you. Well, the hikers wanted to know who made these hats and they named the ladies, the hat angels. And up here is a poster that shows you the hat angels some of our angels have gone to be with the lord but they have some of them have come and joined uh new ones and they crochet um and some of them decide to go on the trail this year like vicky and pam who's not here tonight but we did have a hiker who came up on the porch this year and he walked up and he said I don't want to take any space. I just want to talk to someone. I want to communicate. I want to be able to find out why you're doing this. Where did you come from? Why is it not costing us anything? We make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We have homemade cookies. We have hats. Even um, Brenda and Eric's dentist donated uh, dental things for them for us to give to them we even met santa claus this year we had a gentleman from maine and his name was what big bear or something like that but he looked just like santa claus margie you would have loved him because he was a character but i want to thank bobby peggy nancy barbara and joe They are the original group. And Barbara will tell you, when we got off the bus the first time, we looked at each other and thought, what are we getting ourselves into? Now, the porch ministry started when Susie Montgomery decided to let us rent a 1921 two-story craftsman house that she and her husband, Gaines, had just remodeled. And she allowed us to bring the hikers up on the porch. And that was something else. It was the most wonderful thing because they wanted to talk to someone. They wanted to know why we were doing it. And I tell you, they say they had a good time. They enjoyed everything. But I think we came back more blessed than them. So I'm going to turn this over to anyone that would like to say something now that's been on the porch ministry. Barbara, how about you? Come on, Barbara. Come on, Barbara. Barbara and I have, last year was the first year I missed. And Barbara and I have sat on the porch and talked
5: to a lot of people.
6: Can you explain your shirt?
5: Each year, they have a shirt that they put out as a souvenir. And, of course, I decided to wear mine tonight. I like the back. It shows it all. And this tells you where it starts. Down at Spring Mountain, the uh, star is Damascus, and then it ends up in Maine. So this is the trail. But through the years, (coughs) talking to the different people, That you've talked to on the trail that come up, you learn a wealth of information. Oh, that's our, that's our friend. He greeted, he left us the morning we left. He was on our laps. But anyway, this year I met a man that had hiked the trail. He was a through hiker and has written a book called Trail Dreams. And of all the people that I've talked to, He was one of the most interesting people that I've ever run across. But anyway, each and every one you talk to, you find something different. And it is a pleasure. I'm the one that sits there on the corner and directs traffic. I don't do washing or anything, but I do a lot of talking. And it is most enjoyable to talk to these people and to learn where they're coming from, where they're going, what their beliefs are. We don't push them, but we show them the Lord's love by our actions and our what we're doing. Thank you.
6: Are we on time? Okay. You'll see behind me maps. We love to let the hikers know that we care who they are and where they're from. As you see, they'll mark it. We have one of the United States, and then we decided, since we have so many people from all over the world, that we need to recognize them. And you wouldn't believe the hikers that come from India, Japan, Hawaii, Sweden, Israel. We had a young Israel boy who came, and he had just finished his college uh, in Israel because, and he was a little older, and he said, well, I had to do my two years in the military, and we asked him if he would like to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and he looked at us like we said something, you know, demonic, and he said, what is that? And I said, well, we have peanut butter, and I went and got the jar, and he said, oh, we make our own peanut butter. We don't get it in a jar. And I said, we have jelly, but we, we use jam because jelly's too hard. He said, Oh, we call that fruit spread. So we made the sandwich for him and broke off a little piece and he didn't want us to waste the sandwich. And the next thing I know, he lets out this yell, this is the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich I have ever eaten. And he went off and told his friends. And they came back, and you wouldn't believe it. These people come and see what we're doing, and they bring their friends. They share. You'll hear us talk about trail names. A lot of people don't give out information because they're with strangers. They don't tell them where they're, uh, what kind of work they do or whatever. So they pick up a trail name. My trail name is Hugs. I don't know why. I mean, you Nobody knows why I'm named Hugs, you know. I mean, everything I own has Hugs on it, you know. But I'll tell you, I get hugged. I had a young hiker, I think he came to Margie or Barbara, and said, I have a little tiny stuffed animal about three inches tall called Stitch from the Lilo and Stitch cartoon. He said, I'd like to have a hat for that guy. I crocheted a hat for him. He, the young man, smelled like nothing you have ever smelled in your life. He smelled like a hiker and then some. And he said, can I give you a hug? And I got a hug. But, you know, once I had that hug, I was so happy. Then I had a young man who sat on the porch with us and told us how he found a little kitten that someone had tied a rock or something to and tried to drown it. And he pulled the little kitten out of the water and washed him off and put him inside his shirt. Well, I didn't know about that, and he's sitting there talking to me, and there's something moving in his shirt. And he pulls this little kitten out, and he said, This is my buddy. I can trust him. Now, if you ever see any of our hats There is a wonderful scripture on it. It tells about the ladies who crocheted the hat, that you put the little card in your pocket next to your heart. If you get lonely, you pull it out and know that someone is praying for you. It also has a church um, email on it and everything. And every one of our hats has one of these. This last year, these were made. Specially and designed by J- Bill Jones and myself. And so these are, are just wonderful. Eric, you want to read what it says? It's,
4: it, this is uh, every, let's see. Every time you wear this hat, give thanks to God above, because this hat was made for you with hams filled with God's love. Blessed be. The name of the Lord this is my hug to you your hat angel Amen. and on the other side this is a hat was made in love by the ladies in the crafts for missions hat angel God's deliver ambassador Kempsville Baptist mission team Kemp's, the address in the website.
6: and we receive postcards um Letters from all over the world, from hikers who let us know how far they go. And again, as Nancy said, we couldn't do any of this without you. Because when we first started, we did it for four and a half years with no budget. Nothing whatsoever. You guys provided all our needs along with the Lord.
1: All right. I want to thank the mission team. We had a great year. You saw some of these pictures were mixed in from last year as well. So you saw some of our team members from last year and this year. Um, and so it's been quite quite a journey. We had a great time this year. It's a special. Encourage you guys to think about going. Uh, we the dancing bear is the bed and breakfast that we stay at. Uh, we had a few extra rooms that we could have had people go with us. If uh, if this is something that you want to do, certainly just tell us and and uh, we start planning and and uh going starting in the fall with uh the the lunches that we serve at right yeah that's it that's it so uh um, so my my trail name is papa zit um and so um kind of fitting and um so it just kind of kind of came out, and um you know that that was what my students always called me, but anyway so uh, uh, yeah. I told you, you guys could, but Matt, you guys never did. You guys were—it was always Mr. Zittle or Pastor Toom or something like that—and it was kind of respectful. And uh, so, but anyway, yeah, that's—I uh, I appreciate you guys so much. We had a good time, and, and uh, we're, we're going to um, end with a little serenade that um, Eric got when he was washing feet. Do you see the video, Wanda? It's a short little video, probably about six or seven seconds, really. <clears throat> just spirit there is it's just a lot of fun and and they they love uh, just getting uh, ministered to and and uh, it's a great great experience so again encourage you guys to be a part of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the first time, cause it's warm water. We don't use cool water. I mean, yeah, Eric, or, um, yeah. Jeff is, is one of the main men for the water, making sure that water is at right temperature, not too hot, you know, not too cold. And boy, they put their feet in and, and the first expression is, ah, you know, and, uh, I wonder if that's what the disciples felt when Jesus was, <laughs> ah, it feels good. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and Miss Virginia, when you, when you talked about how you hugged that man, with the filth and the stench, the stink. You know, I just I the, the verse of scripture came to mind said, When you have done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And in that moment, I think here's Miss Virginia hugging Jesus in a sense, wrapping our arms around him and and just uh and Jesus doing that for us, even in our filth and our stench of sin, him just coming and wrapping his arms around us and loving us. And so let's pray. God, thank you so much for a night that uh, just is honoring to you, God, celebrating you and what you did there on that trail and um, in in trail days. And and so, God, I pray that seeds that were planted, God, are just being grown. Um, Lord, that some may come to know you as Savior and Lord um, out of just the, the touch of ministry we were able to do. And so, God, we just pray that you would do the miraculous, the things that we can't do. Um, But, Lord, thank you for using us. Um, God, I pray that you would help us not to be shy of people, but to engage them, love them. They need you just as we needed you. And so help us to be your ministering agents, Lord, uh, to those around us. God, we love you. Thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Encourage everybody to head over to the dessert auction.